Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook. Today I'm joined by Justin Wells. Thank you for watching this video. Make sure you like it, subscribe to the channel. We're bringing you daily content over the course of the entire offseason. Make sure you also check out Inside Texas. You can get six months of access for just $29.99. That'll get you through, I think, maybe week eight or week nine at this point. So get preseason, get recruiting, uh, get upcoming SEC media days, uh, and get pretty much most of the season for just 30 bucks. Great deal. You're not going to want to miss out on it. And today, Justin and I, we are going to talk about the Alabama game. I know it's still probably a little over 120 days away, somewhere around there, but we have a kickoff time. We have a TV network and we have reason to talk about it. And hey, I like talking Texas versus Alabama. Then we'll get into one of the power rankings that on three's Jesse Simonton tossed out the other day. Texas was number one in his Big 12 power rankings. We'll check where the Longhorns, who the Longhorns were ahead of, maybe in those two, three, four, five, all the way to 14 spots. So, Justin, we've talked a lot of recruiting over the past few weeks. I know you have after seeing some high schools. We got official visits coming up uh, with the Longhorns hosting a lot of top prospects throughout the month of June. But we get to talk a little bit about the actual current team. Uh, on September 9th, Texas will be going to Tuscaloosa for the first time since 1902, and they will be playing at night in Bryant-Denny Stadium. And, hey, you, I know you watched it from home last year. It was pretty hot in DKR when they had big noon kickoff when Fox decided to put things at 11 a.m. The good folks at ESPN, the worldwide leader, decided that you know what? We need this one to be under the lights. We need this one to be in prime time. And that's what they did by announcing this past week that Texas versus Alabama part two and a little bit of an SEC preview will be at 6 p.m. Central kicking off. And this is a prime time game. Like the only reason it wasn't in prime time last year was because Fox Sports had the first first tier rights to, to the game and decided to uh, bake everyone at DKR at about 400 degrees over three and a half hours. And they were nice and crispy and they it turned out to be an incredible game, incredible atmosphere top to bottom. It was, you know, it was fantastic, but this game should be played under the lights. This game should be played on ESPN and this game, that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, Texas returns a ton of talent. Uh, Alabama loses quite a bit on the offensive side, but they, they're still Bama and they still return uh, a lot of talent as well, especially on defense. Um, yeah, this is an under-the-lights type atmosphere. I think last year, DKR is one of the best. If you ask Texas fans, it's probably one of the best atmospheres they'd ever seen at DKR, at least in, at least in the last 20 years. And that's, that, that's exactly what ESPN – they saw that last year. <laughs> they saw that and they looked at each other and they thought, if you think we're putting this game at noon next year, y'all are crazy. Uh, and, and also, you know, the heat factor is definitely a part of it. But you're just looking at two blue blood programs that are going at each other that are playing very well right now. And and we can be so lucky if we get the same good game that we got last year. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought last year was just fantastic. Top to bottom. Um, you don't take you, you take the cowboy, you take the Longhorn safety off the board, and Texas has a win. It's that close. It was that good of a game. Uh, that was such a strange call that will never be understood. Then you 
So anything can happen in, in, in Tuscaloosa, but the fact that it's at night, I, I think that's par for the course. I would be surprised moving forward when Texas gets into the SEC if Texas Alabama play any more day games against each other. Yeah, those are two premier teams that draw a lot of eyes, no matter what the quality of those teams are. And Alabama, as we know, is always going to be pretty good under Nick Saban. Uh, Texas is seems like it's trending in the right direction under Steve Sarkeesian. And after last year with a one-point thriller that saw Bryce Young make some pretty incredible plays in order to lead the tide to victory uh, you know, against a, a game Texas team, even with Hudson Card playing uh, in Quinn Ewer's place, you know, they're going to want to repeat that. And yeah, the, the TV networks, I think last year's kick time kind of shows that they have their hands on the steering wheel of college football uh, pretty strongly at this point, but I'm glad. Hopefully we get the uh, the Herbie and the Fowler treatment. I bet game day will be there. They love going to Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing that's real interesting, you know, I mentioned that for the first time since 1902, Texas will be playing Alabama in Tuscaloosa. And I looked it up and this is according to Wikipedia, they played it on just the university quad. You know, there was no Bryant. I don't know if Bear Bryant was even born yet. I don't know if uh, Denny was even born yet. There was no Bryant-Denny Stadium. It's like kind of like Clark Field at Texas. That's where they played everything, including uh, or varsity athletic field, something like that. That's where they played everything, including baseball and basketball. They just played it on the quad in Tuscaloosa, <laughs> and I think that's one of their big tailgate spots now. Um, it's going to be a great atmosphere. I think if you've ever watched a – whether it be an ESPN presentation or a CBS presentation of an Alabama football game, they do some pretty cool stuff. Um, and I think somebody on the Inside Texas members-only message board kind of went into detail about what the games are like there. And I, from what I picked up, it's real similar to what I thought the experience at Fog Allen was, where there's no frills. They are playing the, the million dollar band is playing music. I guess the show band of the Southwest is going to be there playing some music. If they are uh, there in some sort of force, they're not doing a bunch of t-shirt tosses, which I don't really have a problem with, you know, get the crowd going up. You got to make money somehow, but it is all about the product on the field. And I guess that makes sense when they have that high quality of a product. What do you think the crowd's going to be like? We don't really have a great sense for what Alabama fans are like. We know that they're, you know, you can pack 100,000 people in a Bryant-Denny Stadium. Uh, and we also know, based on experience, that the last two times Texas went to an SEC road venue, it was Ole Miss in 2012 and I think Arkansas in 2021. I didn't get to go to that Ole Miss game. I think you did. And then I went to the Arkansas game, and I think that is one of the loudest road environments I've ever seen Texas play in. And I've seen a Texas game at Kyle field. What was it like when the, uh, the horns came to town, came to Oxford? Cause I wonder if there's going to be some level of similarity on that front. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I think Alabama has added a few more bells and whistles over the last few years. They have a light show. They do now that they started a couple of years ago. That looks pretty awesome before the stadium, I mean, before the game, they play Leonard Skinner, Sweet Home Alabama. That get, When you hear that tune, when you hear that riff start to begin, you know football is about to start. And to me, that's about as cool as it gets. Um, comparing it to other schools is, is going to be difficult. I've been to Ohio State, been to Arkansas. I've been to a lot of places. Um, I think I would probably compare it to LSU, and I've never been there either. But I feel like LSU – 
possibly Clemson, maybe um, you know something like that. It, it's probably it's going to be raucous. It's going to be crazy. I'll say this: um, Fayetteville was pretty. I've been there twice, and both times they're different, and I don't mean that in a good way. Um, Fayetteville is different. Those guys, I mean, they, they, there's a, they're, they're, there's no, you know, there's no dentists in Fayetteville. There's no need. There's like one collective tooth between like 400,000 people. And I'm going to tell you something. They are all toasted. They are all nice and shiny and glittery and big hair and just, um, it's like a bunch of John Daly's walking around with a cold beard. Arkansas is different, man. And they've come to Austin, and they—they, they, um, you can tell they don't fit. You can tell they don't fit at all. But this—the atmosphere. Give them a hundred percent of credit. They are there for a reason. And when you, I think it was a lot of it was because they were playing Texas. But they really get up for the Longhorns. Those old style Arkansas Texas uh, uh, battles. You could you could sense it. You could feel it. It's still there in Fayetteville. And so for Tuscaloosa, there's not as much of you know hatred towards Texas as there as there is necessarily in Arkansas, and also Alabama is so much more accomplished, obviously. But that stadium and that atmosphere, I can only imagine it's going to be similar to DKR, but on a very deeper sense, especially at night. That's what mm-hmm. people have to understand about SEC games at night. These fans are getting liquored up at 6 a.m. and they are team players. They are going the entire day. Nobody drinks before a game like LSU fans. I, I don't see how in the world they get they accomplish that. Alabama guys are going to be loaded and ready by 6 a.m., 6 p.m., 7 p.m. So even with the lights on at night, it's still going to be bright because these people are going to absolutely um, – man, now that Texas is coming for the first time in 120 years, whoo, Joe, you're about to witness some crazy stuff. I know. I'm really excited. I may be making that drive and staying in Tuscaloosa because I don't really want to fly into Birmingham. And I love seeing that part of the country. And yeah, I, I think you got a good point. You know, I think Texas will be trying for it'll be the first Texas will be trying to deliver the first home loss to Alabama, I think, since Joe Burrow and LSU did it in 2019, because I think they went through 2020 unscathed. 2021, I think they had that close call versus AM, but it, or was that 2022? No, the last time I can remember was uh, Louisiana Monroe. Well, yeah, but that was in 07. That was a long time ago. And can you imagine if Sark or Texas lost to Louisiana Monroe? Can you imagine the, the, the feedback, the anger? And Saban did. Saban also almost lost to Houston at home at that same mm-hmm. time, but the referees sort of decided to help them out at the end of the game. Yeah, it's a d- different world now. But, yeah, even Louisiana Monroe had gone in there and, and pulled out a W. So anything's possible. But I think the last time is either, man, you know, Burrow. It, it's been somebody big. I think it's Burrow, Burrow Manziel. They didn't lose in 2020, and I'm pretty sure they got a, a, out unscathed in, in 2021 when A&M and uh, Evan Stewart. I think that's the the game it was. But either either way – um, it's going to be a tough atmosphere. And like you mentioned, you know, the the night game is big because it's a lot of times it was 11 a.m. or it was at 2.30 CBS or Jefferson Pilot game or stuff like that. So everybody loves primetime treatment there. 
especially ESPN and should be a lot of fun. And I hope they get the A crew. I hope game day shows up. I hope everything about that game being hyped up is it. I hope everything about that game is hyped up as much as it should be. And I think uh, we're talking about it in May. It's over a hundred days away. And I think it will reach the level of hype. Hopefully the, play on the field lives up to it so they may, they after, may both be top 10 teams as well i know especially not just in the computer rankings but in the ap poll and if not right. it'll assuredly be a probably a top 20 game absolutely think, without a doubt so that's texas versus alabama that is a future conference matchup but we'll talk real quick about texas's current conference on three and jesse simonton who is the national college football columnist Love reading his stuff for the National Network. Very measured, not a hot take artist, but he does give some bold assertions. And he's talked about Steve Sarkeesian, and he even said, hey, you know, if you have the best roster in the Big 12 this year, then you should be competing for a Big 12 title. Agreed with that. He did some power rankings for position groups and gave Texas a lot of high marks for quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, and uh, a little bit on the offensive line as well. But one thing he came out with recently uh, was his post-spring Big 12 power rankings. Texas has is in a 14-team Big 12, and Which Jesse Simonton decided that Texas, as you can see on the screen, was the number one team in the Big 12 coming out of the power rankings. And, you know, I uh, I don't see any problem with that. Looking throughout, I guess the left side of the screen is a little bit more important than the than the right side at this juncture. But even then, like I, I agree with everything on the right side. Like I don't think Neil Brown makes it through the year. I think Dana Holgerson is on a precarious position. Um, I think Rubble would like to see the the Bearcats and, oh. and Scott Satterfield uh, struggle a little bit. And I think they made a significant downgrade in coaching. I think eleven through eight is kind of a a little bit of a crapshoot, um, but one through seven, the only issue I really have is I think you swap TCU and Tech, and everything else looks good. But to start at the very top, Texas and Kansas State, one team won the Big 12 last year. Texas beat the Big 12 champions last year. What do you think at least – let's let's just go with the top five for now, but what do you think about the top five, one through five? I think where everybody is going to be pretty much in agreement on number one, and if they think that – if they want to give Kansas State the benefit of the doubt after being the Big 12 champion last year, I understand it. I think Texas has a better roster, and I think people thinking TCU is just going to run it back again haven't paid attention to their offseason where they lost a significant number of players – to the draft and a few to the portal. They made some great portal additions, but you got to gel those guys and Max Duggan's not there. And now you have a new offensive system. So what do you think about, let's go just go with that left side one through seven. What do you think about Jesse's rankings of the big 12? You're right. TCU and tech probably need to flip spots. I've been listening to Ian Boyd a little bit too much lately. Uh, tech. He's starting to sell me on tech more and more. I'm still apprehensive because of their defense. Uh, until Texas Tech stops anyone in the history of college football, I, I have a hard time putting them that much higher. Um, but their offense is definitely going to be better. Um, Kansas State, to me, I, that, that's that's been that was my pick last year to actually win the Big Twelve, uh, based off just Chris Kleiman's uh, culture 
and the fact that Deuce Vaughn was, was you know, a guy that coming back and had a really solid defense, they've lost those corners now. They've lost Deuce Vaughn. Uh, I still think it's an incredible culture and program. I still think Kansas State's going to be a tough matchup every, you know, week in, week out. That's just the way they are. Um, I don't see TCU being there. I think Oklahoma is going to be better just by default. They, they have added a ton of talent. They've added a great recruiting class. Um, there's no way Oklahoma is going to be so terrible again this year uh, in 2023. I just don't think that's possible, especially with what they're doing there. I, I think they've got some good stuff. I, I still think quarterback position in Norman is a little – I mean, I understand where they're trying to go with it, but um, – it shouldn't worry many people. Baylor, I think, is a little high, too. Um, you know, that's a team that was coming off of a Big 12 championship last year. Uh, it kind of got hit in the mouth a little bit and fell down quite a bit. Um, I, I, I'm curious about who they return. I'm curious about what their offense is going to look like. I know the offensive line is still going to be salty. And they've got Rich, uh, Richard Reese, who I think is going to be a future star in the Big 12 at running back. But outside of that, I, I think Baylor's a little bit – you know, in the in the in murkiness as well. I'm going to tell you something. Don't you know? Iowa State and Cincinnati might be two teams that could enter into the bottom of this, the sixth and seventh spot. Um, you know, Matt Campbell gets the most out of those guys. Cincinnati's had a great run, obviously with Luke Fickle being you know headed to to Camp Randall. That's going to be a little bit different. I agree totally with Houston, West Virginia, Dana. I don't know if Dana makes it to the season. Don't don't know if Neil Brown does either. BYU, BYU is a school, I don't think we've learned our lesson, Joe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. You know, when we underestimate BYU, you know what they do? They beat Texas every year. Um, you're talking about a team full of 24, 25, and 26-year-old family men with kids and mortgages. Um, they play a little bit differently. And I'm telling you, <laughs> going to Provo is a different place. Um, it's like a giant church where, uh, where, where, where the kids are all sitting in the stands. Um, and there's no Diet Coke anywhere. Um Kansas is one that I think could 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 be in the mix in that top six. I think Lee Pole has been incredible. I think they returned a lot of guys. I think Kansas is getting – I could see switching Kansas with Baylor, actually. I, I think that's a better team than people think, and they're going to be a lot better this year too. But top to bottom, I think Jesse nailed it. Um, Kansas State and Texas are probably the two teams I expect to see in the Big 12 championship. Either them or it's going to be Oklahoma or Texas Tech playing against Texas. I don't see TCU coming back. They really hit a hot streak last year, and, and that's what it's all about. 
uh, until they made the national championship. And that was a complete uh, butt whooping uh, top to bottom. That's what Rubble was telling me about earlier. He's, he's team bulldog. I can't, I can't shake that, but I, I think Jesse nailed it, man. I think top to bottom, it's a great conversation starter because there's so much outside of Texas roster. There's really a lot of questions. Um, and, and so, and, and most people are going to say, well, you know, Texas always gets the preseason treatment and they're right. A lot of right. times they do, except this year, I'm telling you, you and I've been doing this long enough to know this year's a little different. There's a different vibe on the team. There's a very different culture hanging out in Austin, and that roster is very confident. They they have some guys. And so it's a good conversation starter. I'd take Baylor out. I'd throw Kansas in that spot. I'd move Tech up, like you said, probably to the TCU spot, or maybe push Oklahoma up and, and, and move TCU out. I think Iowa State and Cincinnati are two teams you can't take for granted. And BYU, I'm telling you, BYU is is different. They're a team that <laughs> there's just something about playing grown ass men, and that's exactly what Brigham Young University is. They're, the you know you, the younger guys are 21, 22 years old. It, 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 that's just the way that program is, and they always play hard. They play so hard, and so it, it's seeing fourteen teams. First we were ten in the Big Twelve. Now we're fourteen in the Big Twelve. Um, you know, we've never been the Big 12, never been mistaken for being, you know, mathematicians. But it's certainly funny seeing 14 teams. When Jesse put that story out and I saw the graphic, I couldn't get past 14 teams. It just seemed odd and weird. And I guess Texas last year and Oklahoma's last year in the Big 12, they might as well go out with a bang. And those are two of the top teams, obviously, uh, headed, heading into this season. And there are a lot of ag schools in the Big 12, whether in the current or former iteration. I got one comment and one question for you. And Bobby Burton's kind of harped on this. Texas returns Quinn Ewers. K-State, Will Howard. TCU has Chandler Morris. OU, Dylan Gabriel. Tech, Tyler Shook. Baylor, uh, Blake Shapin. UCF, John Reese Plumley, Kansas. You still have a name the best one. Kansas outside of Quinn, go to yeah, Kansas. Kansas, Jalen Daniels. Yeah, Oklahoma State. Uh, I can't remember who theirs is. Maybe Gunner Gundy. Uh, BYU, Keaton Slovis. Iowa State, Hunter Deckers. Cincinnati. Uh, they picked up a transfer from Arizona State. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. Big arm guy. Experienced though. U of H, Donovan Smith. West Virginia. It's got a competition for forget his first name. Last name's Green. Experienced quarterbacks up and down the league, save for basically one school. Oh, and Oklahoma State has the kid who went from Tech to Michigan to Oklahoma State. I'm forgetting his name. Uh, he threw the horns down in 2020. And then – Yes. Alan Bowen. Bowen. from Grapevine. So another experienced player. Every single team has an experienced player. And then the question I got, last thing – where do you put the line to separate the top from the rest? Do you put it between two and three, or do you maybe slide it between Tech and Baylor? Yeah, it's between Tech and Baylor. Yeah, um, because it's that much in difference. It, yeah, it's probably cuts off at that five six spot because I think you swap TCU and Tech. I think I think you're right about that. So I would I would cut it off right above Baylor. Just because, like I said, that they're coming off a Big 12 championship a year over a year ago, 
And it's just, it's a little bit different. Aranda's still recruiting pretty well. They're getting their kind of guys. They're always going to play hard. Their defense is always going to be in place and solid. Uh, But I think from a talent standpoint, that's where you draw the line. You know, Bobby telling you that there's a lot of returning quarterbacks. I look at it like, you know, you know, I guess, you know, if you're two years out, look at all the guys that aren't there anymore. You know, Iowa State was a Brock Purdy university. Uh, Houston's Clayton Toon got drafted by Arizona. Uh, Central Florida's quarterback is now playing at Oklahoma, you know, two years later. Um, and so, I, you know, I know they're returning guys. Daniels at Kansas is as good. Once, you, once you've mentioned yours, it drops off after that. And, and I think Jalen Daniels is possibly the second best quarterback that we didn't mention. Or you did, but I'm, I'm talking about top to bottom. Daniels, to me, if he doesn't get injured last year, I mean, he played really well. And Kansas plays really well. And I think he's a little underrated. And so that's a guy I would throw out there from a quarterback standpoint. But I draw the line at probably the top five. Um, And even then, you could probably do it. You could probably snip it at four, depending on how good Oklahoma is this year. And like I said before, they're not going to be as bad as they were this year. They'll be better by default. So I'd cut it off at the four or five spot. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll go five six, assuming the flip of TCU and Tech. I'll do that. And thanks to our producer Matthew Hutchinson, who reminded me that Emory Jones, who is a big arm, he used to be at Florida. At Florida, he is Cincinnati's quarterback. And to that point, Desmond Ritter, who's going to start in the NFL for the Falcons, he was at Cincinnati on that playoff team. So, uh, you know, even you know going to BYU, you had uh, the Jets' failure. Um, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Spencer Sanders. Spencer, Spencer Sanders is gone. Like uh, Caleb Williams left. Like there, yeah. there's been a lot of turn. Max Duggan got drafted. Dude, like, the last two years, of- the conference has been crazy with quarterbacks. So I actually don't think quarterback is that big of a subject. Yeah, but they are all experienced. So that's yeah. that's what makes it interesting. And it's going to be a league where you know the the best offensive minds challenge some of the more innovative defensive minds and should be a lot of fun to watch. So Justin, think that about wraps it up 25 minutes of awesome big 12 and maybe a little bit of sec football talk. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel. We're going to have a lot of great stuff over the course of the off season. Of course, we're always going to also have our Tuesday night and Friday afternoon live streams. In addition to content pretty much every day, Make sure you check out Inside Texas. Again, you can get six months of access to On3 and Inside Texas Plus for just $29.99. It's May 18th today. That'll get you all the way through November 18th. And I think, like I said, that either gets you to the eighth or ninth game of the year. So you're going to love it at Inside Texas. Justin, thank you so much. Rubble, thank you. And to our producer, Matthew Hutchison, thank you again for the assist with everything. I'm Joe Cook. Thank you for watching On Texas Football, and we will see you next time.